You ready? Yep. Let me get my shirt together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. In five, four, three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the saga. I am your host, Tedra Eberhardt Lee. I hope that everyone had a fantastic week and will have a wonderful weekend. Um, today, I have my girl, Bobby T. And on the conversation with me today, uh, we're going to just talk about a whole lot of stuff that's been going on here in the United States. Um, whew, it's been a lot that's been going on. So we're going to just cover a lot of topics and hopefully you all can um, get some some wisdom out of this or not so uh what's going on we bring in bobby t what's going on bobby t hey what's going on uh i mean it's a lot like you said it's a lot that's going on in in the in america uh not only our political uh, arena but also our sports arena and uh just you know just everything else you know i hoping that the community will um, be able to listen and uh, comment, you know, just, you know, start, let's start the conversation. So yeah, let's, let's get into it. Let's, let's, uh, let's start. All right. Well, we, let's start with, uh, with Kanye West. We're going to start with him. You know, <laughs> since his um, announcement for running for president, he, um, he's had one um, campaign rally, which was in South Carolina but he wasn't able to get on the ballot for South Carolina. So now he's trying to get on the ballot in Illinois, his hometown. So um, did you see the rally that he had in South Carolina? I did. I, I saw that. Um, I, I, it was very, talking about Connie is so frustrating for me because you see a, a highly talented, educated man, very talented. Uh, educated artists. But what I'm also seeing is when you look at him and you talk to him, you know something is not functioning correctly. Now, uh, I heard the con I heard the the, um, the comment that he made about the Harriet Tubman and she, she didn't you know, free the slaves only to have them go work for another white man. No. You know, she when she freed them, that that was it. You know, she took them from their plantations in in the deep south, mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know, and moved them up to up north. Yeah, uh, and they were on the run. But you know, for him to say something as ridiculous as that, it, it just it is it goes back to that TMZ video mm -hmm. as to what happened quite a few years ago, where you're you're almost looking at somebody have almost like a psychotic or some type of mental health stressor, you know, like a mental health issue. And right now I just don't even, I feel for the man, I feel empathy because it's like, yeah, you can get outraged, all this stuff, but you almost have to look past that because it's like, is this what we have come down to that you know someone is struggling mm -hmm. mental health wise and you're not getting him the help that he needs, but then, the other factor is Kanye is an adult you, in this, in this country, you can't force him to go into mental health facilities 
mm-hmm. you know, to take care of himself unless he wants to. He has rights himself. Yeah. So it's a very, you know, it's a very unique and, and fine line that you have to to walk. But I, 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 I when I saw that TMZ video a few years back, mm-hmm. and I realized right then and there, it's like this man is not. You can't, at least for me, at least for me, Bobby T. You can't really get upset. At least you know what I'm thinking is I can't really get upset with him. Like I know. There've been a lot of um, people that have out, you know, spoken out against him, and, and everything else. I, I read the statement from Ti, uh, the the famous rapper from Atlanta. He's upset, you know. To me, it's like that's a moot point because you're looking at someone, someone that's having almost like a almost like a, a mental breakdown, a psychotic breakdown. And what I did notice with uh, his wife, Kim Kardashian West, was that she stated on her Instagram uh, page, or I think it was in her stories or on the post, is that he's still, Kanye, her husband, is still suffering from when his mother uh, had a very untimely uh, death. It was like, you know, it was like one minute she was there, next minute she's gone. And then I think that was like the catalyst to where we see right now. So when I see that with Kanye, yeah, you can get upset. You can say, hey, the black man should know better. But it's like, I I just personally feel empathy for him because it's like, I just don't, I don't see myself arguing with someone that you know is having a mental collapse almost, a mental collapse in reality. I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean, it's just, I, I, yeah, I was upset about it. I mean, he has a platform, and that's the that's the other half of this. He is he's got a platform, and people are not looking at it like Kanye is sane. He's logically thinking. They're looking at Kanye, the rapper, and trying to use his platform and money to try to you know influence people. And to me, I've taken him, for me, I've taken him out of that influencer role and put a, putting him exactly in someone that's having a mental catastrophic um, collapse almost. I mean, that's just me. What, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I saw the, the rally and he, from what I saw, he mainly just talked about um, abortion you know, when he mm-hmm. cried out saying that he almost uh, aborted his child North and he, he got very emotional with that. And, you know, just thinking about his father asking his mom to have an abortion and just the thought of him, he was thinking like, you know what, if my mom had decided to have an abortion, I wouldn't be here. And then right. have the thought of his mother not being here because like you like um you stated he's been he's still grieving from the loss of his mom so with all of that inside of him he released it and a lot of people you know say they see it as a, he's having a mental breakdown but then it may not be a breakdown it he it just may be him just releasing he's he people grieve differently you can't just because you grieve a certain way doesn't mean that everybody has to grieve the way that you grieve. He's still grieving and he's letting out that grief. 
he basically, and then plus he just basically talked about, um, you know, spiritual journey. He talked about Jesus. He's talked about the, uh, he talked about Israel and the, his platform really wasn't a political platform. It wasn't about politics at all. I mean, maybe the only thing that I could hear because he didn't have a mic. Why are you going to do a rally with, without a mic? I don't understand that. But from what I could hear, he, right. he said marijuana would be free. And I think that was the only political thing that he said out of the whole rally. So it was more of a, for him, it was, he's just out there just, continue, he's spreading the gospel. That's, that's how I see it. He's using his platform to spread the gospel. And then you also look at, um, you know, Dave Chappelle went to visit Kanye after he had his little, after he had his rally. I'm not going to say he had a mental breakdown because I'm not an expert on that. But even though I have studied it, I'm not an expert. So I'm not going to say he's had a mental, he had a mental breakdown. But Dave Chappelle went in and um, visit Kanye to make sure him and some other guys went to make sure you know, just to check on the brother, which was, yeah. I thought that was a very good gesture because if you remember Dave Chappelle, when he did an interview, I think it was for the Actors Guild interview with, um, oh, I can't think of the guy's name, but during that interview, he talked about Martin Lawrence mm -hmm. and how you remember way back in the day when Martin Lawrence, I think he was running around naked saying they trying yep. to kill me, they trying to kill me. And so, and Dave Chappelle had brought up a point that, you know, it's the environment. You have to look at the environment that these people are in. Those people, those type, those celebrities are not in the same type of environment that we're in. If you, Correct. If you look at Hollywood, there have been several celebrities that have had these type of, um, episodes that Kanye is having. For instance, uh, what's his name? Um, Charlie Sheen, when he was winning, I'm winning. You know, he went through that episode and then you had um, uh, Alec Baldwin. He had yeah. a little episode, you know, and even you, you had Tom Cruise jumping on Oprah's sofa. So it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. So it just it just brings me back to what Dave Chappelle said. You know, he had to leave. He had to go to Africa because the environment will, I guess it will put you in a place of where you actually, it will actually make you look like you're going crazy when mm -hmm. you're just trying to figure things out yourself. But then when you have, when you're surrounded by others that are in that environment and that is and all they think about is their celebrity status money making more money not pushing anybody's buttons or you know not crossing the line and but you want to get out of it you want to free yourself from it and with you trying to free yourself from it it makes it look like you having a mental breakdown so i think kanye is just probably just trying to free himself from all the madness you know he at this point, he don't have the support mm -hmm. that he had when his mom was alive. So when you have no support, you, you, can, you can look like you actually losing your mind. And, 
you're right. He he is a grown person, so you can't force him to go and seek help. Now, as far as him being bipolar, you know, I know a lot of people that are bipolar, and I've I've never seen anyone that, you know, bipolar means you know you you go up and down. Your emotions are up and down, and. I don't, his emotions aren't up and down. His shit is just boom. He just, he goes straight to boom. He go from one to a hundred. And it's like that all the time. It's not, he's, I don't see him going up and down, up and down, up and down. He up all the time. He is up <laughs> all the time. So uh, I just wish him well. You know, I, I, I don't wish any harm towards him. And I, and I hope that, you know, Dave Chappelle continue to reach out to him because that's what he needs. He needs some support. Right now, he don't have any. So he's just out there doing what Kanye wants to do, you know. So if he, if he get that support, I think he'll probably, uh, you know, calm down just a little bit. But I think he'll still be out there uh, spreading the word of the gospel because he, that's, it's in him. It's in him to spread the word. He's he has been reborn, so he is he's feeling something that basically a lot of people have never felt before. So some people have called him the Antichrist. And why every time a damn president is you know elected, they all been the Antichrist. Barack Obama was the Antichrist. George H. Bush, H. W. Bush was the Antichrist. George W. Bush was the Antichrist. Um, Trump is the Antichrist. I mean, how many Antichrists do we have? <laughs> anyway, yeah, you know, yeah, I saw I saw this this video of um, Will Smith. He was doing a, I guess he was doing an um, interview with Angela, and yeah. in his in 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 interview, he said, "Do not elect people." who don't have God and love in their heart. And you know, that sounded real good. It's like, yeah, you know, you need to have God and love in your heart. But then when you take a deep look at it, now Kanye has God and love in his heart. Do we want to elect Kanye? Because of the no. way that he's been, you know, the way that he's been displaying himself out in the public. Is that somebody we want to elect just because he have God and love in his heart? I mean, you have a lot of um, evangelicals that have God and love in their heart too, but they are basically trying to take over America. They are trying to imp implement, um, implement their yeah. agenda. So you have, we have to be careful about, you know, who who the person is as far as having God and love in their heart and how they are using God and love to, um, I would say to control people because when you look at it, religion somehow has its way of controlling people's thoughts. So we have to be careful on choosing people with God and love in their heart. It's oh, yeah. but it's, it's not that simple. It's not. <laughs> right. <laughs> absolutely. You're absolutely right because 
and, and I agree with you. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I'm going by what, what I looked at with the TMZ video a while back with um, uh, Harvey, um, the gentleman that owns TMZ or created TMZ, Harvey Lytle or something like that. But um, and when he got into it with uh, the guy that was like Stan um, uh, Van J- uh, Jones from uh, the TMZ, I remember that, and that was just so like chaotic. It just sounded like it was like just every, he was just all over the place. It was like that that manic, um, yeah, that that manic, uh, uh, you know, just just talking and it sounded like it's like a bunch of babbling yeah and then i looked at what uh his wife because she would she would know better than anybody else his wife when she clearly stated like you know we've tried to get him mental health Mm -hmm. and you're right we don't see we don't see kanye behind the scenes we just see him on stage and we see him yeah. Uh, maybe in interviews, and he's got to be, you know, he's got to be on. You know, he's got to be on the. His energy level has to be up. Um, there, you know, you're right. When 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 you have to. When Will Smith talks about God and love, I think it you have to look at it from a little bit deeper than that because, you know, are they fo- are they practicing in a positive manner? you know, uh, the teachings from God? Are, are they, you know, are they putting things, you know, in place that uh, what God in the Bible show you? And you're right with the evangelicals. And I, I, I don't want to say it, on the, I, I hate to say it like this, but I will say it to be transparent, to be authentic. Sometimes I feel like the evangelicals are on the same uh, level and playing field as Jim Jones from uh, uh, the guy that took all those people from San Francisco and the state of California to Guyana and, uh, you know, did the, the Kool-Aid experiment, you know, and, and was having him drinking cyanide. Yeah. And he, he preached, he was a pastor though, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, you have to watch who influences you and what you put in your system. Yeah. What you, you know, what, what type of information you put. Because if it doesn't align with, with your goals, your inner goals, like, you know, you know, God, Kanye has the teachings of God. I mean, it's his mother. She's a, a, a woman that grew up on the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. She, she went to St. Sabina. She, you know, which is a Catholic church. Yeah. You know, she, she was, you know, she was, you know, raised as, you know, Catholic, as a, as a you know, as a, a, a God-fearing woman. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, like what you're saying here is he may be acting out and grieving. That that may be true. But I'm also looking at just what he's saying and how he's acting does not align with what my goals are. And that's why I'm like, yeah, when I look at him, I see him and I acknowledge that he's saying stuff. Yeah. But it's like, I, I just don't even acknowledge, I just don't even let that come into my system, come into my, my mind, because it's like his statements, his goals, the way he moves, the way he interacts with people mm-hmm. is not how I want to communicate with people. And, and that's what Kanye, but with the evangelicals, I, I just, you're right. They're trying to take over and basically project their feelings, their ideology, their, their viewpoint, all on and, and all on the American people, and it's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, wait a minute, this sounds like a cult. 
Yeah, we've seen what a cult looks like. Oh, what was that from Jim and Tammy Faye Baker? You remember them back yeah. in? Uh, I forget the one that uh, the stuff that they were doing, but that was a cult. Uh, you know, some people say Joel Olstein is a charlatan. It, it, it's like these evangelicals. They're to me, they don't preach the practice of God uh, and the true teachings of God. They just—it's like they just—it's a cult, like. Of, of authority mm-hmm. and I, I just I don't want to be around that I, I just don't I think it's just like no no this is <laughs> this is not what we need to do here not at all mm-hmm. yeah. yeah gotta be careful because yeah some people interpret the bible totally different than how others interpret so you just uh, mm. and you know what let me let me add on to that real quick I know we're on the podcast but you're absolutely right. I'm going to tell you this real story uh, real quick. There was somebody that I knew back in my past that was a, a pastor, a preacher mm-hmm. down, down in South Georgia. We're talking about maybe 100 miles south of the city of Atlanta um, and, and Warner Robins, Georgia. This gentleman would sit there and, and preach, okay, preach. And his, the people that follow him would listen to him. Mm-hmm. That that he would always say, well, women are are subservient, and this is a black guy, mm-hmm. subservient to their husbands and to men. Preach that, and he and I said, where did you get that information? He said, it's all in the Bible, and I was like, and he's like, women always have to be um, submissive to their 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 men, their their husbands, their their the men in their life, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there like, and and that to me is a, a very it's a very telling story, you know, it's a very telling factor because it's like people interpret the Bible how they look at things, not what, what it was actually supposed to mean. Yeah. Because, and I said, well, did you realize that they're also saying men should be uh, submissive to their, their wives? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't just only stop at women. And then that's when I was like, huh, so you're using the Bible uh, to preach, to practice and preach what you want to accomplish, not what, what it was really meant for. So therefore, what are you doing? You're manipulating the information according to your standards. Yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why I was like, nah, when people, when I, I listen to people and they want to talk about, um, you know, uh, quoting the scriptures all day and, and everything else, hey, I believe in God. Yeah, but I, I need to understand how how are you moving? Yeah, you know how are because does that align with what I I believe in? If it doesn't, hey, I wish you the best of luck. But this is just something that I don't want to participate in. Yeah, yeah. and keep it moving. Yeah. You know, moving. All right, let's. Uh, speaking of keeping it moving, let's move on to um, what's going on in Atlanta. We have Kim <laughs> and Mayor Bottoms. You know, having a ball, they fighting, they fighting down here in Atlanta, where Kemp, you know, Mayor Bottoms has uh, mandated mask for people to wear mask, and Governor Kemp is like, nah, this is not getting ready to happen. I'm not gonna let you dictate on what is going on in Georgia. So he filed a, a suit against. Mayor Bottoms, and so they, they've had uh, two judges to recuse themselves, but there's now been a third judge 
that has ordered them to have a mediation because it seems as if they can, hopefully they're trying to come to some type of agreement. But um, what do you think about that with um, Governor Bottoms, excuse me, Governor Kemp, I wish you was Governor Bottoms. Ooh, yes. Or Governor Abrams. Somebody, goddamn. But uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think about you know his 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 decision to take Mayor Bottoms to court? Okay, so let's take a step back real quick. Uh, I, I I'm I'm going to clearly state my position right now. I am a hundred percent supportive of Keisha Lance Bottoms. I thought that she is a leader, more effective with uh, her leadership skills. Uh, I, I think that she has been very clear from the start that we don't need to open up Atlanta. We don't need to uh, rescind the order to, um, you know, uh, start opening up. I mean, because Georgia, if I'm, if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Georgia was one of the very last states. When, um, I think it was Jordan and Florida, or maybe flipped, where they start. They did the shutdown the entire state, whereas most states were, you know, shut down throughout the United States. Georgia and and the in the, the states that are in the deep south were like the, the very last ones to shut down. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a decision that the governor made, which is uh, 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 Brian Kemp. Um, because he, to me, it seemed like he wasn't educated enough to realize that, hey, dude, um, you know, I don't know enough about this, this, uh, this virus, this COVID-19 virus. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to just, you know, keep the, you know, keep the, uh, the state open and listen to my constituents because everybody's complaining about we can't make a living. Yeah, but this virus is still real. We're here. We're, we're, we've got to do something. So I felt like Keisha stepped up as a leader and said, okay, I can't touch the state of Georgia, but I sure can protect the city of Atlanta. Yeah. And that's what they, that's what my constituents, uh, what they elected me to do. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt like with a, uh, you know, when she put that in place, as far as, you know, hey, everybody's got to wear a mask and this is, this is city law. I thought that was ingenious. I thought that was like, hey, that's the leadership you need. Yeah. What looks like what it looks like right now in the middle of the pandemic that we had that is still here. The virus is still here. We have almost, I think it was 140, maybe a little over 140,000 people that have died. 5,000 Americans that have died. Yeah. Okay. And so when you have a leader, as in Keisha Lance Bottoms, that's clearly stating. We have got to do something because the city of Atlanta has, I think the, and this is, this is for, I think the entire South. Mm -hmm. uh, they have one of the top, okay. One of the, uh, one of the top trauma units in, in the, in the state and also in the deep South, which is Grady uh, hospital. Mm -hmm. When that starts to run and starts to get capacity, yeah, that that's a problem. That's a problem. That is a major problem, and so she's saying that I've got to protect the city because mm -hmm. if you lose Grady and you lose all these surrounding hospitals, what do you have? Yeah. Like Killer Mike said, what do you got? You got to do something, and so in the middle of this pandemic, we have a sitting 
governor that was not educated about asymptomatic uh, COVID, um, um, asymptomatic COVID virus issues. He wasn't educated on, you know, how to protect because he was like, okay, well, because he's still not clearly stating that you need to have a mask. Yeah. He's just like, well, you know, I want to encourage it. Well, that, that to me is, is ridiculous. Well, that's because he don't want, he don't want Keisha to be right. So he's like, he's, I encourage you to wear a mask, but he don't want to say yes. We need to wear a mask. I'm gonna mandate that we wear a mask because now he go he will look like a fool because that should have been done in the first place. But my thing is this: Mayor Bottles is not the only one here in Georgia that has mandated for individuals to to wear a mask. Yeah, you the know, South Carolina, the Savannah um, uh, mayor has also said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. even the CEO of DeKalb County, Michael Thurman, has mandated masks. So why is mm-hmm. he? going after the african-american woman when there are african-american men who are doing the same things that she is doing so i mean it makes you wonder and it goes back to uh what's the mayor of chicago because i I Mm -hmm. think you've been following her a lot uh what's Mm -hmm. what what was that she had her press conference what was the, the things that she was saying in uh in her press conference well, what she was saying was basically men of power. You've got the 45th president of the United States, uh, in this case, uh, Brian Kemp. They like to go and target what they, air quotes, what they perceive is the the weaker uh, of the two. So therefore, that's why I've, I firmly, firmly believe why Brian Kemp is going after uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms because he feels like he can try to control her. Mm-hmm. That's what Mayor Lightfoot was saying. Look at the 45th president of the United States. He's going after uh, mayors uh, of cities that he does that have personally taken and an, uh, had an issue with. Uh, look at Miriam Bowser for D.C., Keisha Lance Bottoms, uh, Mayor Lightfoot for Chicago, mm-hmm. and the one that's out in uh, San Francisco, and the one that's out in uh, Louisiana. It's like He's going after them, and this this is not the time. Yeah, you're in, we're in the middle of a pandemic, not a not a okay. This is a a, a you know little you know flu season or whatever. This is a pandemic. That means it's stretched across uh, country borders. Yeah, and you're you're complaining about what the CDC, which is headquartered in Atlanta, they're clearly stating that the guidelines needs to do social distance wear a mask. Mm-hmm. If you're going outside, you have those air droplets that come out of your, your, your mouth and your, you know, your, your nostrils, wear a mask to protect not only the, uh, the people around you, but also to protect you. Mm-hmm. They need to wear a mask to protect you. You need to wear a mask to protect them. And this guy does not have the, uh, he's upset about it. And I'm just like, what, what are you doing? What are you fighting for? This is divisive. This is not productive at all. Well, when you look at the pandemic across the board, the countries that have low cases are being ran by women, are being run by women. So it shows that women can get the job done. Women know how to handle situations when it gets, when it's tough. And so when you have 
those uh, mayors that you have mentioned that are all women, they are handling things. They are handling things the way it should be, it should be handled during this pandemic. And it just seems like the men just don't want to be outdone by the women. And sorry to say, you have women out there that know what they're doing. They know mm -hmm. what they're doing. They're very calm about it. They um, have a, a, a sense of, of um, you know, that, that motherly love. They're going to take care of the people, basically. Mm -hmm. they, uh, women have that instinct of taking care, making sure that everybody is okay. So they, those, may, those women mayors, they are making sure that everybody is okay. When you have the men that are out there to just destroy what they're trying to do, just because they are women, that's what yeah, 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 totally. Because um, that's the thing. It's like, and and I know we're a little bit off topic, but you can see that also play out with what happened with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and uh, uh, that senator, um, um, that a congressman, Yolo, uh, Yo Yohu. Yoho, um, the guy from uh, the center that called her a, um, a F and B I T C H. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're in a position of power, what you think is a position of power, and you think it's okay to go after women like that. It's not right. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if I was the, the legal system uh, shifting back to uh, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms versus uh, Brian Kemp. I wouldn't even entertain it. This would be to me a frivolous lawsuit. Yeah. I would I wouldn't even entertain this because it would be like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You run the state and let her run the city. Unless you want to run the city and the state, let's see how you get that together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But hey. because it, yeah, you have the CEO of DeKalb County saying the same thing. Yeah. Like you said, why is he not going after them? Yeah. They but let me ask you this. I'm not in Georgia. But are they, the CEO and the other mayors, are they stepping up and standing with uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms? Are they standing with her? Um, the only person that I've seen that has, that's really been out in the public speaking is the, um, the mayor down in Savannah. He's been, you know, he's been publicly speaking and, you know, saying that Kemp does not care about the people. So that's the only person that I've seen. I've, you know, with Michael Thurman, I haven't seen him, you know, do too many press conferences. I've, I think I've only seen maybe one press conference, and uh, mostly the information about DeKalb County that I have received has been via uh, social media. You know, where somebody it may post you know, an article about DeKalb County and saying that, you know, he's going to mandate mass starting this day, but I haven't seen any type of press conference that Michael Thurman has had to basically come out and speak to the people. He may have, I just haven't seen it, but I don't know. But the only person I know is, is the mayor down in Savannah. Yeah, see, to me, it's like what we're going to get into a little bit later on this after uh, in the show is, are you know does the CEO need to be an ally or does he need to be a co-conspirator? Mm. <laughs> At this point, he needs to be a co-conspirator. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
well, since we since you brought out brought up ally and co-conspirators, um, let's let's discuss that. Let's discuss um, you know as far as uh, white people here in the United States should they be allies or should they be co-conspirators? Uh, what are your thoughts on that in regards to this Black Lives Matter? Wow, that's yeah. We we talked about this. So here's the thing that I, I'm I'm ha- I'm I'm really frustrated about because people are I think they're missing the point with the with being an ally and being an actual co-conspirator. So it's great. So for example, you know, when the the unfortunate and the atrocious uh, events that happened to Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd, may they all rest in peace. Uh, When the unfortunate events happened to all three of those individuals, they had issues with you know, saying that we need to be an ally. We need to be an ally. We need to start kneeling, take a, you know, take up against uh, the, um, you know, the uh, racist systemic uh, issues that are plaguing this, this country. Mm-hmm. And we need to, you know, be an ally for, for black, for the black community. And that's great. And you're starting to see a lot of corporations take a very hard stance and a hard firm, um, um, uh, you know, stance and a position on racism, and that's great. Uh, but the, that's that to me is an allyship. Mm-hmm. What you need, what we need to take a step further is co-conspirator, because you have to have some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. If if you're as as a co-conspirator, you like if I'm marching, you're right there with me marching lockstep. Mm-hmm. marching with me so if we if i go to jail or they're beating me you're 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 you know they're right you're right there with me so we we're in this together you got to get in the game mm-hmm. uh you can see and i'm going to take it back for a second you can see the core difference and how corporate america has been an ally or try to be an ally to minorities mm-hmm. you know with the affirmative action uh, uh, thing that came, uh, the affirmative action uh, uh, law that came into play, I think, in the mid '80s, because in that time frame, you had corporate America trying to be a, an ally, and it only benefited one aspect of minorities, which was white women. Yeah. But it left off all of black women, Latina. Asian, Jewish, it left off all this, the LGBTQ plus community, everything. Mm-hmm. It left all of that out. And really, I think it needs to be co-conspirator as well as being equitable. You know, instead of saying, okay, well, I want to be, you know, equal. No, I, I'd rather be equitable because that means everybody can 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 eat off of this. Everybody can, can be kind of the same. Now, everybody's going to say, well, yeah, socialism. I'm not talking about socialism. It's like if you hand somebody uh, a plate of food, right? Mm -hmm. And they, and I'm sitting there or you're sitting there and you said, okay, well, can you, let's everybody eat. And I give you, you know, uh, not even half, but like a small little fourth of of the food that I've got and basically crumbs. Well, you're eating. Is that equitable? That's equal. You're eating. You're, you're, you're the, the terms 
you're eating, you know, I give you a fourth of my, my plate. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot of, that's not a lot of food. I want it where everybody, if it's a plate full of food, split that up in three, four, you know, in three, three halves or whatever. Mm-hmm. So everybody can eat. That's equitable. Equal equality to me is, is such a moot point. It's like, you know, you're not, it's like you got to pull everybody up. Everybody's got to be the same. And that's equitable, uh, equitable. But you got to be, a, you know, a co-conspirator as well as someone that brings uh, equity to the, to the table. Because being an ally just ain't going to cut it. Because to me, an ally can, that time frame can stop. You know, and, and, and once the dust settles and, you know, your social media timeline goes back to being the same, mm-hmm. that's, that, that means the allyship is, is gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, you can, you can be an ally, but that ally at some point needs to transform into being a co-conspirator. But the, I think that with, um, when it comes to this Black Lives Matter, uh, movement and uh, the white people, when they think of co-conspirator, they are assuming that it's in relations to uh, criminal acts or criminal. Mm-hmm. When it it actually means that you're you're taking on the consequences of uh, uh, participating in the movement, and mm-hmm. and you and you're making the choice to support. And um, center the um, the the hot. It, well, you you're taking uh, you're supporting and you're making it about the movement, which is the Black Lives. You're centering it around the Black Lives people. They they always say, "Oh, all lives matter. All lives matter." Yes, all lives do matter, but it's it's not about all lives because all lives are not being mistreated at a the, at a certain extent as the lives of black people mm-hmm. yes you have um white people getting beat up by police but is it happening as on a high level as it is with minorities because you have where it's not just black lives you have also the endogenous in, people you mm-hmm. have uh, um, the latinos you have mm-hmm. um, even Asians. You have uh, people in, from the Caribbean, the Pacific Islanders. They are all being abused. So it's, it's, it's more abuse, police brutality, abuse towards minorities than it is towards white people. Mm-hmm. And that is something that white people need to acknowledge and understand that we're not taking anything away from them. We just need them to be co-conspirators with us in this movement because all lives do matter. So if you not going to care about, you know, a black person being killed, or if you're not going to care about uh, uh, a Latino being killed, then all lives doesn't matter because you're choosing a specific race of people to care about. And that's not what it's all about. So to be co-conspirators, you have to, hey, you have to take that stance on 
being supportive and if whatever the consequences are of being supportive, then so be it. Because you see the, um, the people in Portland, that's a prime example of being co-conspirators because Portland is majority white. Yep. It's majority yep. white. And now you have Trump sending the federal agents out there. And this has been going on for over 50 days. It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's so sad. It, absolutely, it's it's so sad because I thought I've never seen a sitting U.S. president, and even if you look back in the history, you've never seen a sitting U.S. president take on uh, the and use the federal agencies, I meaning the Department of Justice, the Bureau of Prisons, the DA, the ATF, the U.S. Marshals, and literally go in there and say, "Okay, I'm going to." One, I'm not, you know, marked or identified as a police. All you see is me in tactical gear. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm not even identifying myself, and I'm just arresting you in these unmarked cars. That's what's going on right now in Portland, and I'm just like, this is a con this is against the Constitution. There is a thing called state rights, state and local rights, and then there's federal law. Mm -hmm. Why in the world? would you have a sitting U.S. president authorize the Department of Justice to, to legalize and, and legalize and mobilize these agencies to go into cities within the United States and arrest United States citizens? Mm -hmm. Because what, what crime, you know, what laws would you arrest them on? Protesting? Well, that's a state law. Yeah. That's not a federal law. Well, um, because the, 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 those agencies should really be apolitical. Yeah. Those, in Portland, the, the governor, they, he, they didn't uh, call up the United States National Guard. No. The governor, the, the governor has control of that. The, whereas the, the, the United States President, Trump, mm-hmm. This guy literally is doing this, trying to do the same thing in the city of Chicago. And I'm like, this, this is not right. This is a constitutional issue. Yeah. When, when you look at the situation that's going on in Portland, okay, now with, with state, um, state has a, has a general um, police power. They have the, general, the police power within that state. Now, for federal, they can um, they can come as if the people are damaging federal property, like a federal building, anything that's owned by the federal government. The federal now they can he can send in federal agents to protect that federal building, protect the federal property. But the thing is that in Portland, the federal agents are going beyond Correct. arresting people that are damaging federal buildings. So then you have the they uh, the 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 uh, Oregon Attorney General filed a lawsuit, you know, trying to um, get a temporary restraining order against the federal agents for one because they're. Apparently, they are not um, 
giving reasons of why they are arresting people and they're not acknowledging who they are. So you have people, you have them in vans, plain clothes, and they're arresting people and they're like, what am I getting arrested for? Who are you? And the federal agents are not letting them know who they are and why they are getting arrested. So then you had the judge to throw it out saying that the, the state of Oregon lacked standing. So now it's like if, if the state can't protect the people within their state, who is going to protect the people? Because you have federal agents in there that are um, abusing the people. So now who, who's supposed to come in and help protect the people? So then that what goes back to the Second Amendment where people, you have the right to bear arms and it was put in place for the people to protect themselves from the federal government. Correct, correct. And see, okay, so even with, with you saying that, right? Okay, so if you're right, if you go and damage federal buildings, the federal government has the right to go in and legally detain you, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem that I'm having is, I, I forgot what month it was, but it was just this year. Did we not see where there were armed militia that has stormed the state capitol, mm-hmm. right? And the state building in the state of Michigan, correct? Yeah. So that means that they were on federal ground with armed weapons. That's not, the state capitol is, is uh, that's state property. Yeah, but that's still, it's, it's still, to me, it's still, it fits within this whole, yeah. you, can't, you can't do that even. You can't go on state, federal, any type of federal, especially federal reservation, and with an armed, uh, armed uh, uh, you know, uh, weapon, uh-uh, you can't do that. You cannot do that. Well, I would say certain people of color can't do that. Yeah, and let's let's call it what it is. People that are unarmed and protesting, they they get locked up, which is what's going on in in, in uh, Portland. They're they're protesting the Black Lives Matter movement. They're protesting the racial systemic injustice. Mm-hmm. And instead, what they're doing, they're unarmed. Instead, what they're doing is, you know, yeah, you've got some looters out there and some some vagrants and they're vandalizing, uh, vandalizing uh, pro- you know property. And that's unfortunate. Nobody, you know, I'm, I, I'm not with that. I don't, you know, let's protest, but let's have it peaceful and let's not tear up and destroy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got people that are sitting up here protesting and they're getting, they're having these people just drive up and say, oh, there's one, there's two, let's pull them in. And it's like, wait, hold it. Yeah. You didn't even identify yourself as a police. Where are my Miranda rights? Yeah. Yeah. What, why are you, what are you taking me in for? And then where does the, so these are federal agents, so they're just locking them up. So what crimes do they have? What, what do they fall up under? Are they federal crimes or are they state crimes? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I, I don't understand that. And that to me is, let's call it what it is. You have a Republican uh, president and these Republicans that are the senators and congressmen and the governors and the mayors, they're not saying anything about this. And it's not just the Republican Party. The Democratic Party needs to step up and say something too. Because yeah. that's not right either. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because if you, you're sitting up here, you know, like the Republicans, they love to say, well, you know, we're going to be the moral majority for the country. Okay, fine. We're going to follow, you know, the letters. We're law of lands. We, we love the U.S. Constitution. We, that's what we, we hang our hat on. This is what our, our, you know, this is what we believe in. Well, now we have, to me, a, a constitutional crisis, and no one is saying anything. Mm. Whether it's on the Democratic side or the or the Republican side, yeah, this is not about politics. This is, has something to do with the fact that you had the United States federal government, and they're overstepping their reach and dispatching out um, people and agencies that are supposed to be apolitical. They're dispatching them out, and I'm just like, no, this is not right. Just like what happened with Trump and, and Lafayette Square Plaza um, up here in D.C. Uh, you know, they, you know, sat there and shot cannons and tear gas mm-hmm. at uh, pro- unarmed protesters. They were just out there protesting all because of a photo op. You cannot use the government, the federal government in this capacity, in this manner. That is not what we have. And that to me is way beyond winning and making America great. This is about a, a fundamental constitutional crisis that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's and it's not making the news. It's not mm-hmm. public size. If you're if you're not uh, receiving news notices on your cell phones and mm-hmm. getting the articles that are talking about what's going on in Portland, you would never know because it's not getting any, you know, visual media time. It's not not getting any visual media time, and then. When you look at who controls the media, <laughs> that's another topic we can discuss at another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's yeah. You're right. The Democrats need to be vocal. They need to stand up. And with the Republicans, they know is wrong. But the thing with them is that when something is wrong, then they know that is wrong. They are very they silent. They don't speak on it but they still they will still support Trump when it comes to voting even if even you still have some republicans that will come and speak out and say stuff okay this is wrong but you look at their voting record they're still voting for the things that Trump is putting out there so that's one thing with the republicans they they vote republican regardless you may have one or two that will step out and be like no this is some bullshit, but yeah. the rest of them, nah. Mm. And you, you know what? You should tell people where they can go uh, and actually check how people, uh, how senators and congressmen have actually voted. You should put that. Uh, you know, we, we can uh, send that link out, and uh, you know how you can check and, and uh, vote because you can see exactly how your your House of Representatives, uh, your congressmen, your senators, how they voted. On the on key very important articles yeah. uh, and very important laws, you can we'll put that in the in the chat as well when the video comes out. Cool, cool. So let's um let's move on to the WNBA. The WNBA is starting today. Yes. Right weekend, the WNBA. You got the NBA. They are doing. They having scrimmages games, and they're supposed to start their season July thirtieth. But with the WNBA, 
you know, there, there's been some controversial stuff going on, especially with the, um, the owner of uh, Atlanta Dream. Uh, but I, you know, I don't even want to um, get to that point. I want to uh, discuss um, Della Don and uh, her situation. Uh, you had mentioned that she um, she has Lyme disease, and the um, the the doctors who are not her primary doctors were saying that she is. Um, okay to play that um, with her having Lyme disease, she is not in danger of, um, well, they're not, they're saying is not an underlying condition towards um, the COVID virus. So what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so that's, that's a great point. So I'm, I'm, I mean, like, I'm really excited about the WNBA season starting. I mean, like, that is just like, you know, shout out to the WNBA players. I, I'm always support the ladies. Uh, I mean, like, I'm, I'm really soaked about watching them play today. Uh, so, as you know, I'm a huge um, basketball fan. I watch both the men's sports and the women's sports. And so, in order for the WNBA season to kick off, all of the teams uh, and all the players that are healthy, they had to go and uh, play in uh, the state of Florida in the city of Orlando called the bubble, right? And so all of these players are coming in and they're going to only play at one facility. Uh, you know, the, the, the teams, they all play at the one facility and I guess they, you know, break it down and they clean it and then they get ready for the next game. Uh, it's a little, it's a challenge, but you know, they make it work. Well, in order to play, you have to be physically healthy and therefore um, you have to go through a series of battery tests. Well, Elena Deladon, who happens to be the reigning MVP from last year, last season. Mm -hmm. uh, she carried the Washington Mystics uh, to not only the final, but also won the championship last year, okay? In the middle of the season, uh, I'm sorry, in the middle of the playoffs, she had not one, it was discovered, she had not one but three herniated discs in her back. Now, I'm pretty sure that's painful. I've never had a herniated disc. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure the whole, you know, dealing with your back yeah. uh, is extremely painful. Well, after that, she had to take, um, you know, after the season, she got what they, you know, the surgery to repair that. Um, so she not only had the Lyme disease uh, that she was trying to, to you, know, you know, basically treat via medicine, mm -hmm. but she also had to, you know, heal and you know, take care of her back so she can get prepared to come back to play this year. And then we had the COVID-19 come up. Yeah. Uh, I don't like how her doctors and what she has to do is she has to trust her doctors, the doctors that she has seen and know her medical history. They've seen her face in, 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 the, in their office. Mm -hmm. She has to trust her own doctors. They are clearly telling her with her Lyme disease she is at what they call an at-risk patient. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if you put yourself in this bubble and you leave the comfort of your home and the safety of your home, you have to trust that, you know, that they're going to take care of and sterilize and clean and the environment's going to be safe yeah. for her to get, you know, to go down there and play. So she had, she had to make a choice between her safety and her health and her livelihood 
I'm sorry, but, you know, her safety and health in her life versus trying to earn a livelihood so she can support a family just to play basketball. That's re- that's insane. Yeah. This is this is the reigning MVP from last year. And this is how the league decides to treat her. They're saying, I don't because what this what I'm seeing from a fan perspective, that's hundred percent wrong. You have the 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 this is the reigning MVP of the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And forget about it. let's take that, let's take that title off. It's the fact that she has to go against her own doctor's you know, recommendation that they've seen her, that they know her medical history. Mm-hmm. And and they're saying that, well, her, the WNBA's representatives and their doctors are saying, well, she's fit to play, so she needs to come down here. No, absolutely not. That is, that I mean, you don't know what she has to do or any athlete what they have to do to get ready to play. They're playing for our entertainment. Mm-hmm. So do we really care about the athlete or are we just here because we're bored. I mean, no, that's just, that's not right. That's not right at all. From, uh, what, what are your thoughts? What I, well, from what I read is she had to come out and make a statement in order for Washington to pay her. Correct. Now, um, I think they are trying to decide on whether or not where she's going to do her rehab. So if she have to do her rehab in Florida or at home, because of now they because of them paying her so basically she's still on the team she's on the team she's getting paid with her getting paid do she have to travel and be with the team in florida uh stay at home so i think they're they're saying that with her having lyme disease it's better for her to stay at home than to go and be with the team to do her rehab because she could do rehab at home. And then you also have to look at the fact that, you know, she's very close to her sister, her sister mm-hmm. that has um, cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And so now if you sending her down to Florida to do rehab, mm-hmm. there's a chance that, you know, she could be, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Impacted. She can yes. be impacted with this COVID-19. With the COVID. And now, she, you know, you're putting her, not only putting her in jeopardy, but you're also putting her, her family in jeopardy, too, if she were to come back home. So it's, uh, let the, let's let the wall, just let her do her rehab at home. Just, I mean, just... Because I don't think she's going to be able to play anyway because of her surgery and having to go through rehab. I don't think because the season is not going to be that long. Mm-mm. So it's yeah, it's going to be a reduced um, yeah, it's going to be a reduced uh, 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 season. But it's not only just Elena Deladon, um, Natasha Cloud's not playing. Yeah, the Toy Standard, all of these people are not playing. It's just like to be to be perfectly honest. I mean. I love the fact that it's coming back, but it's just all the racial strife that's going on, the racial injustice that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. To me, this is just a, a distraction. And it's like, <laughs> excuse me, um, is this what we, is this, you know, necessary right now? Yeah. It, yeah. Is it it's really necessary right now? And is it, 
did they have to choose Florida for them to? Oh man, I know. Out of all the places, Florida. Come on now. Yeah. If, you, if you're thinking of the, the people's health, their livelihood, Florida should have not been the choice for them to um, start these leagues up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not with not with the way that the um, virus spike um, has gone on mm-hmm. in the state of Florida and basically in the South, but it's all over. It's like, uh-uh. Yeah. Right now, this is not the most uh, optimal time to be doing this. Yeah. And, and, and it's not just, I mean, I read somewhere where she takes 64 pills a day for her back, Lyme disease, and everything else. It's like, you got to give players especially professional athletes, an opportunity to get their body together, the the proper rest in between the games. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, to me, it's like, I think it's just, um, I think it's just, I, I think it's a recipe for disaster. Just, just try to throw something out there when we don't have a clear understanding of the, of the, the pandemic. We don't have a clear understanding of how this disease spreads. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's insane. I, I think it's just, as much as I want this, to, like I said, don't get me wrong, I'm going to watch the games, I'm going to support them. Hey, this is, but this right now is just not the time to try to mandate somebody just to, you know, come out there just for that, so. Yeah, and then you, you have the NFL that has um, players <laughs> yeah. that has tested positive, what, They've had what fifty nine current players to test positive, and like overall, they've had what ninety something players to test positive. Ninety five, yeah, ninety five players. You look at the the differences in the game. Football is 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 more of a contact sport. Is you know they all up on top of each other. They piling up on top of each other. With basketball, there is a little distance in between, you know, the players, they're not as piled up as the football players are. I just pray that, you know, with this league starting for the women of the WNBA that, you know, all goes well and they all um, come out of this, you know, COVID free, you know, and even with the um, NBA players, I hope they come out COVID free and the NFL might need to, um, you know, pump the brakes on if they want to really start the season ha- or have a season because, you know, they already have people that are tested positive for COVID. But I don't know. It, it goes to what you're saying. Is it is it about the money? Yeah. Um, as far as entertainment. I'm sure they can replay some games that people will watch. <laughs> They've been doing that, you know, since all the states this time. There's nothing else to watch. I mean, I'm hey, I not watch uh, the Paralympics with the the people playing tennis in the wheelchairs. I'm like, that was hey, yeah. those girls, I, those those girls could really play tennis. I'm sure they could beat some people that are standing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's it, it it all boils down to the the health and safety of individuals, and when you have those who are who play in the professional leagues or even on the college level, you know, it's like 
are they really are you really going to think about the uh, the health and the consequences of the players are you really are they really going to think about the players are they really thinking about the players and i'm excited to to watch the wnba i'm a dub I'm a WNBA fan, you know, I play yeah. all myself. So yeah. even if, if, if I was a player to WNBA, I don't think I would be playing during this pandemic just for my safety as an individual, but you have those who that's their paycheck. That's how they make their money. So is, mm -hmm. did they think about ways of, Playing, paying these these players without them having to play? I don't think they did. I don't think they sat down and was trying to figure out, okay, how can we pay these players and hold off for the season this year and just do the season next year? I don't think they sat down and thought about it. They like, we gonna have this season regardless. So now you have no people in the stands. So are they losing out on money because now you don't have any um fans in the stands you're not receiving that revenue from the fans buying tickets from the concession stands and buying um t-shirts and souvenirs and all that stuff so is it was is it worth all of that to lose the revenue but put these players in risk of getting the virus <laughs> That is an excellent question. I mean, there there are some uh, NFL players uh, like the Chiefs, uh, Duvernay Tardif. Uh, he's uh, he's opting out because he's like, uh, -uh. uh, uh, he's opting out specifically for the COVID nineteen. Yeah, there are players that are that have tested positive even in the WNBA um, that are uh, just said no. We, this is nothing to play with, and that's the thing. It's like. I think there's two different things of um, you, you get the symptoms of COVID-19, but that, you know, is, it, it, do you necessarily have the, uh, the full blown uh, viral, you know, virus of the, the pandemic that, that are, others are experiencing and, and, you know, unfortunately passing away. Yeah. But it's like, until we can get this, a good handle on this and good, you know, uh, understanding of how this stuff spreads. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see, I don't even see why we're trying to do this because it, it's, it's almost like, okay, so we're going to put people just like, I, I thought I saw something on the, on the, um, on the ESPN where they had said the NFL was going to open up the stadium where the fans could come in, you know, of course, socially distanced, but every fan had to wear a mask and I'm sitting there and be like, well, how productive is that? How productive is that? Mm -hmm. You know that that is just to me just uh, ridiculous. It's it's almost like because you even see it with the doggone UFC fights on uh, ESPN sometimes, uh, where they're going on right now, and you can see all all of the people, including the announcers, they're all in masks. And I'm sitting there like, oh, this is this is insane. The only people that don't have the mask on are the two fighters in the in the octagon, but the referee he's got the mask. It's like oh, this is. Yeah, that's not the way you're supposed to handle this. That's not the way you're supposed to, you know, to to you know participate in sports. It's yeah. just not. You and I both played it, so it's like, it's, I think we just need to buckle down, wear our mask, socially distance, get off of uh, trying to give some type of entertainment, 
and let's do what well, let's do what's right let's try to fix this yeah let's really try to fix this yeah. we shall see we shall see i i'm just so excited to watch because i am netflix out netflix <laughs> uh uh, Prime, Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah, ain't nothing else I can watch, and I watched everything. I'm like, I'm watching stuff from 1973. Now I'm just. <laughs> 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 hey, but let's talk about the video um, of the lady burning the car. With <laughs> <laughs> That is ridiculous times a million. I mean, the fact that, I mean, I saw this meme where they had put uh, Rick James and Tina Marie, uh, that old famous uh, Fire and Ice, uh, what is it, Love and Desire? Fire, you know, uh, yeah. Fire and Desire. Fire and Desire, yeah, they had that set to that. I'm just like, well, first and foremost, if you're that, if you're that angry with somebody and you go and try to destroy their car, what are you thinking about? What are you? I I just cannot believe it. I was like, girl, she got let yeah, let him go. He he don't want you. Let him go. Let him go. Just whoever it is, it ain't it ain't worth it. That thing I almost thought she she thought she was Angela Bassett and put it to Excel, but that 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 fire came back, whoosh, and then she started crawling on the floor. You know, just like. Well, well, Ed Murphy say when his, his he was his uncle, somebody was grilling and Charlie caught on fire. He was like, "Roll Charlie around, he'll be all right." <laughs> she, she had to she had to stop dropping roll after that. That was some, that's some crazy. Yeah. That's that's crazy. I mean, really, I would, that was ridiculous. You know, what we should see is uh, take a look at her mugshot. Does she still have her eyebrows and her eyelashes? <laughs> hey. Yeah, no, speaking of eyebrows and eyelashes, okay, when I was at <laughs> when I was in college at UK, you know, back in the day the bra the brawler was on the bottom of the stove. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. I'm sitting there, I'm making me some I think it was grilled cheese or something. I don't know. I had something at the bottom of the brawler. Man, I opened that damn brawler the I open it up, whoosh, the flame just came out at me. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm on fire, I'm on fire. I'm just patting my face, my head, and everything, my scarf. And girl, when I say that damn, I, my eyelashes was burnt to where when I would blink my eye, they would stick together. I'm just pulling my eyelashes, girl. And I was like, two days later, I'm sitting there going, I, I still smell burnt. It was like my eyebrows <laughs> was jacked up. I was like, Lord, girl. when I say it to this day, my, eye, my I mean, my eyelashes, excuse me, not my eyebrows, my eyelashes have not gone to the length that they were before because they was they was burnt. My eyelashes was burnt. I would blink and my eyes would stay closed. I had to like force my eyes open. 
Oh, my roommate was like, what's wrong? What's going on, girl? I'm telling you, when I opened that thing up that fire, I said, whoosh. I was like, oh, shit, I'm on fire. I started that myself. I was like, God damn. <laughs> I had to go to the oh, and was like, y'all need to come check out this damn stove. This shit almost burnt me. I almost died. I almost died. <laughs> So, oh my God, that I is the funniest damn story. How, oh, I know a little bit of how she felt because, good Lord, girl. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't have to roll around like Charlie, though, but I did have to pat, pat myself. I had to pat myself down. It's like That yeah. is the funniest damn thing. That is just hilarious. So you lost your little eyebrow, little eyelashes. <laughs> yeah, I lost my eyelashes. You know, they burnt. They was gone. They was melted. And they would speak together. And if I come across a soul that have a brawl at the bottom, I don't touch it. I don't. I ain't mean to laugh at you, but that is just that is the funniest damn thing I've heard all. <laughs> and then I'm telling you, I was still smelling burnt. I was like, I did. <laughs> two days later. What's on the menu? <laughs> I burnt eyelashes and uh, splash meat. <laughs> eyelashes was burnt out. So I'm pretty sure her eyelashes and her eyebrows and her, <laughs> and her nose hairs, everything. Just... <laughs> What's so funny is in the video, if that car hadn't have been there, she would have been swept off her feet. <laughs> Just, she was blown back to the other car. I'm like, oh my god! I mean, but what did she think? Did she think it would just go, just be a little small little fire, and then make his way up? Did she have she not grilled? You know, when you put the lighter fluid on the charcoal and you throw the match on that and it go whoosh. Have she not been to a cookout? Because <laughs> there's much gas or whatever she, uh, you know. Um, yeah, you know, poured in that car. It was just like, what were you thinking about, girl? That's just oh, that thing just took a, and it just blew her back to the other car. <laughs> I was like, I was like, girl, you better be looking at other car because you would have been still going. <laughs> it's crawling, crawling. Like, what the hell was she thinking? <laughs> well, it's just like, okay, if you are that angry. Let the dude go. Let let whatever it is go. Don't sit there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she caught a case on that. Yeah, got arrested or whatever. Yeah, she. Had. I mean, that was just like ridiculous. I was sitting there. I I could just imagine the person that was videoing. Look at this damn fool. Look at this. What the hell? <laughs> Whoosh! Roll Charlie. He'd be all right. <laughs> oh man, that was just too funny. I'm sitting there like, Lord Jesus. That would have been, I would have sent that to TMZ. Let me go and collect my little money so I can get this because this is stupid. When you, this is what you don't need to do when you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's like, uh uh, that was some, I'm pissed off with, with my man. Yeah, so let me do some mess. Uh. Did, did, did she not see what was Angela Bassett's name and Wayne Tech said? Brenda, 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 had yeah, and she was. You know, a couple of feet from the car, she wasn't. She wasn't in the car. This chick was uh, in the car. <laughs> dropped the match. <laughs> Brenda was 
smoking her cigarette and she threw it. She I know. Just, so she, she knew it was gonna be some flames, but oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's get ready to go watch us some WNBA. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh. So most of them are like as much as she did that, like I said, I wanted to see with the opposite view when uh, she hit that car. Because I'm like, did you bust out their windows too? <laughs> yeah, I'm like you, but I really would like to see what her fronts look like, her front part look like. Because if I lost eyelashes from the <laughs> I know she lost a whole lot. <laughs> You crazy. All right, let's. Oh, man, that's too much. That, that was a good laugh. That was a great laugh. <laughs> I want to thank you all for tuning in to the saga. I want to thank Bobby T, as always, for joining in and giving her input on the things that are going on in this world. Um, if you're w, if you're basketball fans, hey, make sure you watch the WNBA. It starts today, and they're also showing some games tomorrow. The NBA starts um, July 30th. Um, just stay COVID-free, wear your mask, continue to social distance. Um, you can watch, you can um, listen to the Saga podcast on Anchor, Apple Pod, and uh, Spotify, and uh, Breaker. So uh, make sure you subscribe and like. And once again, I am Tedra Everhart Lee, and you have been listening to the saga. All right.